Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Andrew Nimick, at Andrew Nimick on Twitter. Go give him a follow, direct recruiting SB Live Sports, and you can hear him every week right here on the fan with recruiting with Andrew Nimick. Nimick, good morning to you. I'm going to start with my quake take. I just threw this out, and I want to get your reaction to it. Uh, Washington fan all year said recruiting doesn't matter. Now Kalen DeBoer is gone and all of a sudden recruiting matters. And he, why didn't he recruit better? Jed Fish can recruit. So we're excited about that. I think they dodged a bullet giving a coach $10 million potentially who can't sign a top 25 recruiting class. I know he's a brilliant X's and O's mine, but that talent was going to regress. Your thoughts on DeBoer, what's been going on at Washington and the addition of Jed Fish? Oh, wow. That's a layered question. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think in the short term for next year, Washington potential, potentially is much better off with Jetfish because he can bring a top 10 team with him to Seattle. That Arizona team in some preseason, the way too early preseason polls yep. that I saw was, was as high as eight. So if you can bring in Noah Fafita and Tetoroa McMillan into your program with some of the other players they've got, that's, that's huge. Long term, uh, yeah, gosh, it's a great question. I, I think DeBoer would have figured it out. He had Courtney Morgan kind of running the show for him as a recruiter. Obviously, Courtney Morgan has moved on um, as the director of player personnel. He went to Alabama. That's a major key. Courtney Morgan was previously at Michigan and helped build the current Michigan roster that you saw. He actually is the architect of both of those rosters mm-hmm. that we saw in the national championship game to some extent. So I think the big issue with DeBoer in Seattle – is he an elite, elite recruiter? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he'd established himself as a big name yet in the college football world because he'd won at the kind of the lower levels. The other issue is Washington's really behind as a collective. And what you've seen from their NIL packages that they put together is let's pay the stars on our team to stay. And I, and I mean going into last year. So let's keep Penix. Let's keep McMillan. Let's keep Roma Dunze. Let's make sure those guys stay. Let's make sure they get the NIL deals. And so because of that, they've lagged behind pretty significantly when it comes to some of the NIL packages for their recruits. And therefore, they kind of sagged back in recruiting where you kind of went, hey, you guys had a what, – what did it end up being, 12-2 and two season? They went 11 or 12 games. I, you guys talked about it on the air already. Yeah, I think yeah. they won their bowl game. Uh, you win that and you think, okay, well, next year then they're going to put together a great recruiting class. This year's recruiting class was outside the top 25. It was not a great recruiting class. So they've got to get some things figured out from an NIL collective standpoint. If I were Jed Fish and I were going up to Seattle, great, it's the Big Ten, not the Big 12. Great, you're coming off a national championship game loss. I want some assurances that I have some budget to work with, not only to pay my current roster, but also to pay my recruits. Mm -hmm. So 
I think if DeBoer would have been given more time and with that national championship appearance, more money, he would have been a good recruiter and he would have been the better guy. That being said, it's not much of a drop-off to Jed Fish. That's a great hire. Um, it's still a drop-off, though, and I find that interesting. Uh, you know, DeBoer, I, I think, cited resources kind of what Bama can do versus almost any other program in the country. I, I want to ask, because I've, I've had this takeaway for a while, given what's happened in Corvallis, and now here we are. Bama's hiring for a coach. Duck fans are clenching their cheeks until he sends out a video, and then Husky fan has to go through the heartbreak after a dream season. What What is your current read, or what does it say about college football that this is what it is? A Washington program got to the national championship game, and less than like five days later, their head coach is gone. Their program feels kind of gutted. And, oh, by the way, let's replace that guy with the guy who recruits a little better. We're going to steal him from Arizona. So Arizona <laughs> now is being gutted. They may lose all their things. But don't worry, they've hired the San Jose State guy now. Like, what do you make of the current – college football situation it just feels like a lot of fan bases are realizing that the sport's great the setup and the league or whatever you want to call it sucks what is what is your read on college football right now well i think that i think college football is going to have a viewership problem and not too terribly long if if they don't start to pump the brakes on some things i i tweeted um a couple days ago i can't imagine being a die-hard sports fan watching college football now if your team's not one of the true blue bloods of, of the sport and and really you can modernize being a quote blue blood i think oregon um, throws its weight around in the nil era in a way that kind of puts them and lumps them into that group but if you can't necessarily consistently be a top 10 to 15 program why would you watch look at this arizona program they went from nothing they were as bad maybe worse than the program that Deion sanders took over at colorado they were terrible they were the worst team in the back 12 they hired jed fish they turned that thing around and you go man all that time i invested whether you're a season ticket holder or just a fan all that time i invested and in, i'm sticking with this this is going to be great man preseason top 10 top 15 we've got a shot to make the first ever college football playoff we did it the right way and here we are oh never mind you're going to poach our coach and our entire roster and we're going to have to do it again and oh yeah by the way if we do it again after our team is gutted and we build another top 10, top 15, top 20 team, someone else is going to hire that coach and gut that roster. Why would you root for it? I mean, I, I, it, it's really it, it's terrible. I mean, look at Oregon State. You know, Oregon State had a great year, and even in the middle of the year, we come to find out, even in the middle of the year, their head coach was like, eh, one foot out the door. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to one of those programs that has a seat at the table. And it's a distraction. It's terrible for the current players. It's terrible for the recruits. It's a really bad system. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what the fix is because you have to allow players the freedom to transfer. As we're seeing, coaches have the freedom to get up and walk away in the middle of the season before their bowl game. (laughs) They're discussing contracts before their final regular season game. We're seeing that among the, in the coaching ranks, it should be fair to the players. It should be equal for the players that they get to do that too. That being said, Oh my God, goodness college football free agency is is not just a disaster for stars it's actually more of a disaster for those mid-level programs that just not only can't hang on to their top guys they can't hang on to most of their starters yeah it's i mean washington i think has what one starter back on defense one on offense at this point from their team last year and we'll see maybe they get all those arizona players to come it's when you get those big bombshells now of a coach retiring or leaving or going to the nfl whatever it might be 
you, you almost like everybody around the country just panics because you don't know where the next bomb's going to go off. And who would have thought Nick Saban retiring would affect San Jose State football? But here we are. It went all the way down to San Jose State because yeah. they're getting the Arizona coach. Right. The Arizona coach went to Washington. It's just this domino that starts to fall. Don't worry, though. Clemson, LSU, <laughs> and maybe Ohio State. All yes. next year looming of like Florida. Oh, with Florida. Jed Fish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll get to that. Well, that's the other element of this, right? Dirt is like he also moves around a lot. I have yes. no evidence that Jed Fish wants to be there for 10 years and recruit. Same guy. They're at a job every two years and they bounce. Let me ask you this, though, Nimic. I, you're cool to stick around another segment because I want to get to some Oregon, Oregon State stuff with you. Uh, there's this notion that Alabama would just recruit itself. I don't follow SEC recruiting that closely, but from what I've read, it feels like there's nothing really special about their NIL collective. Like It's just kind of on par with the other big boys. And actually, some players were giving Saban a discount because it's Nick effing Saban, and why wouldn't you want to go play there? Uh, is, is that the way you feel? Like, they're just going to recruit itself. Alabama will be full steam ahead. Do you think there's going to be a, a hitch in the giddy-up? I'm just curious what you make of that fit from a recruiting standpoint. Well, the Alabama Nick Saban discount is going to be gone. They've lost two five-star wide receiver commitments already. Uh, it is going to be interesting. I think Kalen DeBoer is going to have to prove it, and I do think there's an opening. If you're, you know, you've already seen Alabama slide just a little bit. They went from being Georgia, what Georgia is now, to everybody. They went from being Georgia, this team that's going to win back-to-back championships. It's, it's a travesty if they don't make the Final Four in the college football playoff. They, they went from being the, the biggest dog on the block to coming back down to earth. And, and I think right away even, Kalen DeBoer is going to have to prove that there isn't that much of a drop-off. I love the staff he hired. Alabama does have a lot of money to work with. They are in a talent-rich reason. There's a lot of reason to think Alabama is going to be a perennial top-ten recruiter, almost regardless of who the head coach is. But there is a difference between being a top-ten recruiter, even yes. a top-five recruiter, and being one or two every single year and I think that remains to be seen I think Kalen DeBoer is going to have to prove it and I think he's going to have to prove it in year one or year two it's never fun to follow the legend because everyone is questioning your every move and if he doesn't win right away not only are fans and I and by the way win right away meaning like be a top five six team in the country uh if he doesn't do that not only are our other coaches going to start attacking them as like hey the drop-off is coming <laughs> but recruits are going to have questions and if you already have questions about well georgia and michigan and alabama are all kind of even right now they still have their legend at georgia they still have their kirby smart uh, are we sure DeBoer's on par with Saban? And, and so I do think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Interesting. All right, thanks for hopping on for another segment. Let's start with the Darius Clemens news. I believe that's the name from Michigan. A local kid entered the portal. I don't know if that was a playing time or a future uncertainty thing with what's Harbaugh going to do and J.J. McCarthy is now going to the NFL, but just with that move and Oregon State picking up another nice commitment, what have you made of the way that Trent Bray, speaking of rosters being gutted, Oregon State's was, and he's had to try and rebuild it. What do you make of the job that he's done? Well, I I think it's a good sign. Darius Clemens was a superstar recruit, an All-American level guy, six foot three, uh, 210 pounds, good physical receiver coming out of Westview, and Oregon State is kind of in no man's land right now in college football. We talked in the first segment about if you, if you don't have a seat at the table, it's really hard. It's really hard on the fans. It's really hard on the programs. It's really hard on the coaching staff. And it's really hard to recruit. And so if, if the local kids still treat Oregon State like a very legitimate Power 5 type option, that's huge for them. And Darius Clemens is a good player. I know in two years at Michigan, a very loaded Michigan team, he only had four catches for 40 yards. But he came early. He went to he went to Ann Arbor early and caught a touchdown pass in their spring game, I believe, as a true freshman. So he was like 18 years old. Uh, he looks like he could really easily end up being a pretty good player in Corvallis. That's a nice get. And again, it shows that in the pecking order, people still kind of see them and view them above the Mountain West. That's going to be crucial for them in recruiting going forward, especially with in-state kids. I'm curious, Nimic, because you always talk about like the branding or kind of like what coaches are saying behind the scenes in recruiting. What is the messaging coming out of Oregon State right now? Because, yes, they are kind of pseudo-Mountain West, but also the sport's kind of stupid, and in two years I have no <laughs> idea what the landscape's going to be with the ACC. Does Big 12 expand? Uh, what's just kind of your read of what their messaging and branding is as a culture or program right now, given everything that's been thrown at them? Well, I know early on the message to recruits was we have a schedule set up to potentially win double-digit games and make the college football playoff next year. I, I know that was the message early. Now, guys have hit the transfer portal in droves since then. So I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what the messaging is. I think there's playing time there. I think there's an opportunity to win there because they are a pseudo Mountain West team that has, at least to this point, still benefiting and is still benefiting from Pac-12 resources. And I think they're going to say, we're just going to keep this thing right on rolling. The defense is going to make plays. And we have uh, some playmakers on offense, in, in part thanks to guys like Damian Martinez and now uh, a good, a better, I think, receiving core with Darius Clemens coming in. And we're going to be able to hit the ground running. Goldbrunson's a veteran. I think they need to do some serious patchwork along the offensive line, but I do think that's the messaging. We're, yes, we dropped off in conference. 
we are not dropping off as a competitor. We're going to go into the Mountain West and be the kings of the Mountain West if that's where we end up when everything settles down. Hmm. We're talking with Andrew Nimick. You can hear him every, every week uh, right here on The Fan, recruiting with Andrew Nimick and the director of recruiting for SB Live Sports, at Andrew Nimick on Twitter. I, I, I the, the legend of Lanning continues to grow, and last week it got even bigger with the video that came out, whether he was offered or not by Alabama. Nobody knows, but he used it to his advantage and credit him uh, for that, and it turned it into a recruiting pitch. I you know, I brought this up earlier, Nimick, the difference between where Oregon and Washington were heading, where Oregon is losing a Heisman finalist quarterback, Bucky Irving, 2,000-yard seasons, best wide receiver in the history of the program, best center in college football, almost all their entire starting defensive line, starting safeties, a great corner in Kyrie Jackson. Like It's a long list of guys to lose, and they're supposed to be better next year than they were this year. They add some more big names in the portal over the weekend. I just Overall, it, it feels like, and I said this multiple times during the season, this is the first time I watched Oregon, and I know they didn't beat Washington, but you watched him and you thought, yeah, I could see that team could compete for a national championship. I haven't said that about Oregon in probably 10 years, despite some good seasons. Just what do you make of the monster that he's building and what this offseason has been for Lanning? I never thought in my lifetime I would consider the Oregon Ducks to be very similar to an offseason for the Yankees or Dodgers. I never, I never thought we'd equate the two, where it's like, hey, we need a quarterback, let's go get two. Like, you, you know, when the Yankees, sometimes in the offseason, Steinbrenner would go crazy, and it's like, man, they could use an outfielder. Oh, they got two all-star outfielders. <laughs> that seems excessive. Uh, Oregon's like that right now. It's unbelievable what they're putting together. And and the landing stuff is all genuine. I, I have a number of, of high school coaches who have told me stories about landing at camps he takes notes when high school guys talk and he's like i'm from a different coaching tree than you are so there's probably a nugget in something you've learned that i don't know yet that i can add to what i do so he feverishly takes notes when everybody's talking there are so many coaches who kind of big time those camps that's how detail oriented he is that's how much he loves the game and it's very very contagious with that within that program and i do think a lot of people want to just chalk it up to like NIL and listen, Oregon right now in terms of budget, I think they're probably a top three program in the country in terms of their NIL and collective and and what they kind of have in terms of muscle to throw around. That can only do for you so much. You have to have kids believe in the stability of your program, your coaching staff, the ability to get the to get developed, to be developed into future NFL talent. Oregon can now point to transfers, Christian Gonzalez, Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, and say, hey, we develop transfers, but also if you come here and you compete, look at Troy Franklin. He's having success. Brandon Dorless, built, not bought. Uh, there's a lot there that's really positive. And, and I just think, again, Oregon's become sort of the New York Yankees of, of uh, college football. At the very least, they're one of, if not the the biggest spender and the biggest getter of talent west of the Mississippi. It's unbelievable. Who do you think is going to be favored to win the Big Ten next year, Ohio State or them? Oh, I, I think Oregon. I do. I I think Ohio State still has some question at quarterback. I know they returned a ton of talent. There's no question. JT Tuomalau, great. Henderson, their running back, phenomenal player. Denzel Burke, uh, potentially a first-round pick at corner. They're loaded, and I see that. But also, there were times this year when you watched them and go, if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't just an unbelievable freak and didn't have all sorts of gravitational pull from a secondary where now everyone else is single-covered, they'd be in a little bit of trouble, and he's gone. 
I think he is a truly special, truly unique, and the, the word unique gets overused, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. was a truly unique talent in college football in terms of how much attention you had to give him. And even then, Ohio State's offense at times looked anemic. They need to take a massive step forward uh, to be that true national title threat. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah's preseason podcast, and he had Ohio State outside the top ten. Now, they were saying, we think a lot of this talent's going to come back, and I still have them right around 11. They were talking about Oregon in that three to six range. So I think it's different. Mm-hmm. I have Oregon, as, I have Oregon as, the, as the Big Ten favorite. It's a slight favorite. Year one, welcome to the, uh, welcome to the big show. And, oh, yeah, by the way, go ahead and win that title. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think Oregon has a slight edge. Uh, again, it's crazy. We're talking about Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, Bucky Irving all being gone. It's like, oh, yeah, no problem. We're going to win the Big Ten. It's wild. <laughs> do you think, Nemec, do you think your gut instincts, because I don't think we've had reporting on this yet, and if we did, I'm, I'm sorry I missed it. Uh, do you think Bama wanted Lanning first, or do you think DeBoer was kind of their guy? I think Lanning was a very real candidate who was discussed internally. I think there was some pushback, potentially, from the boosters and the big-budget NIL guys, and they were worried a little bit that he was just a little too green, no Mm -hmm. pun intended, that he was a little bit too green still, and that was going to potentially fracture some of that money. Remember, before Saban was Saban, Alabama, and before Alabama was Alabama, uh, they had a really hard time getting all their marquee boosters on the same page. Now, that that shouldn't have mattered. But it did because it's the South and it's Alabama, and we don't have to talk about the illegal spending. But uh, they weren't all on the same page. And I think there were feelers put out with some of the big names. How much money do we retain? How How much of this big booster, how much of this collective NIL money can we keep together with some of these candidates? And I think there was just a little, not a lot, but there was a little bit of pushback from some key money that Lanning is maybe a couple years away still from being a Bama, Georgia, Michigan type candidate that would get that job. And DeBoer's a little more proven in X's and O's and the, the collective, the boosters, and then eventually the AD uh, felt that that was the way to go. I think he's going to be uh, not that guy for the rest of his career, so might as well just stay away from him. Don't even sniff. Don't even try and touch. Just, just keep your hands to yourself, all right? Keep well, walking. It, let me ask you both of you this real quick. I know <laughs> yeah. we're against it. Is there another job? Let's take Bam out. Let's say DeBoer does okay. Bama's yeah. not freaking out. Is there another job next so. year looming? Ohio I, State, Clemson, I, LSU. Is there a job out there at Florida? Is no. there anything, Duck fan, you think Nimick should be worried about with Dan Landing? I know he did the video, but I'm just curious. Is there any other jobs outside of Bama that come open a year from now, two years from now, that you think catches his eye? Bama, Georgia, and there's an off-off chance. I, I could see an off-off chance. Say Harbaugh comes back for one more year. And Michigan puts it together and has another great season. I could see that. I don't think it's likely, but it's weird to just say like no Oregon coach would ever consider. <laughs> oh Michigan. yeah. I mean, it just sounds silly to leave them out. But yeah, I do. I think it's Georgia and Alabama, and he's for real, guys. Like this isn't going to be a thing that falls off where we're like, man, remember when everybody thought Dan Lanning was the man, and it, they lump him in with Taggart and Cristobal. Dan Dan Lanning is truly truly special and we are going to be talking about him as a marquee coach in college football for the next few decades he is unbelievable his players love him his knowledge is unbelievable the way that he his attention to detail 
it's all incredible. He is a superstar in the making. Yeah, that all the NIL facts that you just gave us in that segment and then his Nike stock tells me I have nothing to worry about, but maybe I'm wrong <laughs> on that. Andrew Nimick, go give him a follow on Twitter, at Andrew Nimick, Director of Recruiting SB Live Sports. Thanks for hopping on for a half hour, man, and kind of recapping. The sport is absolute madness right now. Recruiting is at the forefront of it, as always, and uh, we always enjoy the talk. Man, hope you're surviving the ice storm okay. Thanks. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 